Welkom, Wamkele Kile. Welcome to the Hello Musenberg podcast, where people talk about local issues and tell the unique stories of the people of Musenberg. And now, to get you going with this edition is our host, Wayne Turner. Right. Great to have you back with us on this podcast again. It's a great day here in Musenberg. The sun is shining. There's not a lot of wind. We're in the 1976 VW camper van, which is our mobile studio. And it is the alternate uh, program where we have in studio from the False Bay Echo, our journalist. So this week, it's only one that the other couldn't be here. But it's very warm welcome to you, Corin. Thank, Thank you for joining. You. Thank you so much. Very happy to be here. Absolutely. Big smiley face there. <laughs> right. The, the way the uh, podcast works is that we talk about the stories that impact Musenberg, Musenberg surrounds, the greater Musenberg, and we pop into the south, especially when we're doing the podcast with the False Bay Echo. It's a collaboration where we try to chat around the stories, the stories behind the stories, the news, as well as the pain and some of the joys mm. that people have experienced when they've done those stories. So, without further ado, let's let's take a look at this week's uh, echo. The headline is "Upset over evictions," and and Yolandi Dupria, if you're listening now, you should be in this. <laughs> we in, miss you. In, in, <laughs> you. Yeah, we miss you, but you should be in here because now we're talking about your story. Yeah, uh, we've got all the information. It is in the current edition. Uh, of the False Bay Echo, which is the 7th of June. Yeah, the 7th of June. And it has a number of stories that we're going to chat around. The first one, as I said, is upset over evictions. Tell us a bit about that. I've heard about the Caravan Park evictions. It is private property. It is. It's been in the news, but what is the story behind it? Uh, basically, the owner has uh, recreated an area for the permanent residents. This is the new owner the, of the Caravan Park. Yeah, so the, um, he has created a, an area for permanent residents and he's upgrading their uh, facilities, their ablution blocks and the area that they live in. Not everyone that is there permanently is going to make their way across. Some, make the cut. Yeah, some are not going to, some are. Obviously those that are going across are thrilled with the idea. Those who aren't are, are not so happy, but he's made that choice and, and for reasons that are clear to him. And it's a business. It's a business. So giving... Uh, opportunity for people to camp caravans tents whatever i mean that's his business people come there on the weekend so he's got to maintain a certain standard in this caravan park in order to, for it to be successful absolutely so this is not just well let's evict let's get rid of people no it's an upgrade i mean even when you come to a caravan park uh you could be asked to leave if you're not uh camping within the rules mm. and w w what the caravan park states is how it's going to take place exactly yeah. So uh, we know it's always difficult, and I think in the light of the current evictions going around the city or city ground and stuff like that, there must be a, a quite a bit of tension. Or there, ha there has been some tension, and I think, again, it's been a matter of uh, misunderstandings and, and some people who are unhappy um, because they don't know where they're going. But those who, um, who have made the cut and who are going to go across to the new area are ecstatic because mm. it means a better quality of living for them. And if you're living there permanently, uh, you, you need to have the facilities that are really good for you. Absolutely. And we were talking and uh, uh, 
Karen said that when she was young, she lived in a caravan park. I did. It was wonderful. <laughs> um, I must have been for about a year of our lives, and I was really little. But I remember the, the sense of freedom and a carefreeness. Um, community. Community, which is, and, and you know, I think that having grown up in that situation, the idea of people coming through because we had our regular people who lived there but we also had the passers-by who's going to be uh, who's going to be there who are they where do they come from where are they going it may just have tweaked my curiosity about human nature and people and why they do what they do and where they're going yeah i remember as a kid uh must have been my early teens around about there maybe a bit older as well my parents would take one of these tour away caravans or the one that folded out with a tent on top and we'd go camping with friends uh maybe three four families would all go there at the same time and what i enjoyed was the different people who would be yeah, there exactly and being able to hang out you almost formed a little gang yeah. <laughs> a little kitty gang <laughs> you, you went up secret paths and yes, behind the exploring. mountain exploring yeah so it has that 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 really great memory uh, i mentioned to you earlier about musenberg now the this is my initiative, the Hello Musenberg Initiative and the Hello Podcast. My very first time in Cape Town was in Musenberg wow. in a caravan. We stayed there for a oh. couple of nights when I was three years old. Oh, wonderful. Between three and four. And uh, it was more like a horse box. <laughs> <laughs> Towed by this big Ford Zephyr and the windows were these heavy metal framed house windows <laughs> it must have been a real pain to tow and that's got good memories for me i never thought i'd be back in musenberg actually living here all these years later but Amazing. as you say it's it's that fun enjoying it, it that sweet gypsy lifestyle where everything is uh, magical and and everyone is open and friendly and warm and like uh, you said earlier like an Enid Blytenbach <laughs> oh, absolutely you had this idea of the circus because they all lived yes. in caravans yes. and the pictures were always nicely drawn <laughs> and uh, the little boy who was the ringmaster's son <laughs> had the monkey on his shoulder it was just so much fun and I think that's what it is for me and I think a lot of people with the caravan park I know Derek, the guy who does the uh, ZA Cafe coffee van opposite right. Musenberg Junior. His little girl him would often stay overnight at the uh, Chapman's Peak Farm Caravan Park. And he said she'd be at the caravan, he wouldn't see her. Mm. The, There's so much to do. The residential people and the visitors, and yeah. they'd have this little group of... of uh, kids running around together that's wonderful that and then when we lived there we had a vegetable garden and we had, we were like really settled my dad was working full-time and my mom was bringing us up we were very very tiny at the time um and we moved actually from the caravan park to a farm so it was a perfect grounding for uh, moving across into the farm life mm. where we just extended that on a more stable basis but it was but it made a big impact it made a really big impact yeah i mean when this uh, camper van the 1976 camper van we're in now vw that i've I do the podcast from, we create a studio, the microphone booms come out, the, the box with the, the uh, mixing desk comes out, and we go and we sometimes stay at the oh, Chapman's Peak Farm. Lovely. It's amazing. You wake up in the morning, look out the window, and there's a couple of horses walking between the tents <laughs> and caravans, and the cows walk through the kids' park to go have a drink, Aww. and there's ducks and geese and turkeys and all sorts of farm life. Yeah, and there's like a vegetable him. garden there as well. <laughs> no, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a it's a lot of fun being having that sort of lifestyle, but it is a serious side as we've discussed in the in the paper, sure. people. And uh, I mean, as far as 
I know the evictions, there's certain people who shouldn't be in the park. And Correct. there's elements that, and activities taking place that are illegal. And, uh, of course, if you're doing that, you're not going to make the cut. Correct. And that's life, unfortunately. But uh, we will follow up the story if there is any more. Okay. Let's take a look at a great Musenberg story. Well, it's not a big story. It's more images. Mm, yeah. And I think it's the images that convey uh, the story. And that is the log jam. Yes. And that the, the African Soul Surfer organize that every year. Tell us a bit about it. Okay. I don't know too much because on no. Saturdays I'm working. No, I don't you miss get to all see the it. fun. Oh, oh, no. catch, the, catch the vibe. Tell us about the Log Jam. Okay. It's the fourth year now. Fourth year, uh, Log Jam Beach Festival and it's basically a celebration of surf lifestyle and surfers and having this wonderful natural resource available to to everybody. And um, so it started off really early in the morning. I went out to take photographs of Johan Kotze with his, um, with his yoga group. Uh, in the past, he's had up to 250 participants, uh, but it was freezing Saturday morning. <laughs> so there were four very brave people and Johan in his wetsuit. <laughs> so the yogis aren't, aren't people who like the cold. No, they were very, very chilly. But uh, in their defense, it really was freezing. So, um, But that was the start of it. And then it went into a whole day event that was beautiful with um, surfing and Everything related. There was a food tent, a big Bedouin style tent, and everybody got together and spoke. And there was also the Waves for Change people there. Before mm. before we, we go into that, let's chat a little bit around surfing lifestyle. <laughs> I'm originally from Durban, the Gunston 500 yes. and the surf scene. 30 years ago, the surf lifestyle wasn't something to be celebrated. <laughs> Not at As all. a former SEPs officer, uh, when we saw a surfer in Durban, you know, we knew that uh, there's possible contraband and things like that. So the lifestyle of years ago wasn't uh, synonymous with uh, a great lifestyle that you wanted your kids to get in. Correct. It wasn't a healthy lifestyle then, <laughs> where, where it is now. Everyone's um, beach bronzed and healthy. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, ca and caring for the environment. What a great role model. <laughs> totally. But those are the, those are the days that we... we you know, we, we didn't want to celebrate uh, mm. uh, the story of the pastor that I know who uh, lived in his VW uh, combi. Uh, he dealt in drugs. He surfed. <laughs> and I listened to this. A pastor of a, of, of a big church. In those days, he thought he was Jesus. Oh, no, what a very colorful guy. <laughs> so, you know, when you think of the, the, the drug, the drug uh, taking, drug dealing guy who lived and didn't shower. Oh, uh, no. Uh, lived in, oh, I suppose the seawater did cleanse. Okay. <laughs> these, all these things together was something we, you, hid, you kept your children from, right. that sort of lifestyle. Oh, how it's changed. But now the positive, and it's very exciting in Musenberg. Mm. Uh, tell us about some of the organizations. I mean, we, we have mentioned, uh, we, no, we didn't mention the, at the beginning, one of the people who I'm interviewing in the near future is Megan Cross from Believe in Shatsi, whose brother uh, Ashton is cerebral palsy, can only use his right hand in an electric okay. wheelchair, and he started yeah. Adaptive Surfing, which was very, very exciting. That's just one of the organizations right. that uh, were represented and you met. Absolutely. Uh, oh, there goes Ashton now. <laughs> Hi, Ashton. <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> on cue. That's brilliant. Um, yes, yeah, so Smile, uh, Smile for Wave, um, Waves for Change, uh, and the Beach Co-op. Um, they were, there was a wonderful collaboration between them. And in fact, it was the children from uh, Waves for Change, which were 
which helped out on Saturday morning, and they actually um, they collected rubbish. Now we do have wonderful people who regularly work on Kevin cleaning Rack the and beach. The guys. Kevin Rack, yeah, doing wonderful things um, and keeping people environmentally minded. Um, on Saturday, it was the Waves to Change people, and they collected two thousand five hundred cigarette butts. In 20 minutes. In 20 minutes. I couldn't believe it. Um, and then they said the other really bad thing that they collected were individual sweetie wrappers. And this is not even including the straws. Yes. No. And that was quite aside from that. So um, that, that, that little collection was put together by those um, organizations. And then the Waves for Change are really quite interesting as well because they have, um, they have fingers across to Masipomalele. And what they've done there is they've actually trained people from Masipomalele to become lifeguards. So they, they are certified registered lifeguards. And they also do training, uh, surfing for the children uh, in Masipomalele. So, so they are uh, surf coaches? Surf coaches for, for, for pretty much anyone. But they also, a large aspect of what they do is working with the children of Masipomalele. Um, also, the children, the, the different organizations that do that also for Freikhund and Capricorn kids and people who are busted right. from all over. But in Masipumilele, there's a beautiful little addition to that and that they, um, they actually now link with Airbnb. I had to think about oh, the yes. name. Airbnb. Right. And you can have what is called the experience. So yeah, I've, see, I've seen that on Airbnb. It's wonderful. So now... A part of if you book Airbnb and you go out to um, Fishhook, you can then get the Masi um, experience where you will be taken through Masi Pumalele by the people who live there, shown how the township works, what happens, who the people are, and then taken and uh, be given a surf lesson, which is marvelous. I mean, where else in the world do you get that? Absolutely. I mean, when you can connect people who have been in, in just in a poverty situation, yeah. you, you level the playing fields. When, when you've got a disadvantaged and an advantaged guy on their surfboards, in their swimming costumes, out at the back line, chilling and just mm. chatting, that is a, that's a great leveler. Yeah, there are no divisions there. You know, when you go home, you go to your different homes, you're back in the reality of it. Yeah. But it's, it's great to see how surfing, especially one of the top begin or the top beginner beach in the world is Musenberg we have I mean the one surf shop's got over a hundred surf coaches and number of them are formally disadvantaged they Mm. might or they're still disadvantaged Mm. but yet they competing equally I know Alfonso uh, gave me my one and only surf lesson (laughs) the only time I've been in the sea in 29 years in (laughs) Musenberg and (laughs) I I knew him when he was a street child running away from the street child organization now he's happily married he's competing in world championships it's just amazing how surfing I don't want to harp on it too much but how surfing has changed the lives of many people exactly for the better and I mean the children learn uh, team spirit they learn responsibility they learn about the environment they learn about health they learn about all these different aspects which where they come from, a lot of the time, there are no role models. Right. Or no positive role models. And, and, and so now there's been a big change from the old surfing days to what it is now. <laughs> yeah. So now, now surfing is an actual uh, good influence, the <laughs> surfing lifestyle. I suppose there's still elements that we need to be concerned about, but that is not the norm as no. it used to be. When you no. speak to some of these old guys here who run the surf shops and they tell you about 
those were the days. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let's let's move across to another story, and that is, I mean, we're talking about the sand and the beach, and that's the story around uh, the train oh, line the train in lines. Simonstown. That's been a big, big bugbear to many people because really has. they've had uh, the line closed from Fishhook to Simonstown, Simonstown. July last year, it says. So it's almost a this year. This is Yolandi's story. Um, yes, again, Yolandi, you should be uh, talking about uh-huh. it. We miss you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, Yolandi wrote a great piece about this, and it's really good news because it means that work is actually happening right now. And the sand between Fisher and Simonstown is being removed. They've got three different diggers and, and things in there to to remove all of the sand which is built up. But um, Wayne, you had a beautiful um insight into that about the development yes uh, I, I read a story about it which was how development taking place on the mountainside over the last 30 years has actually impacted the sand on the railway line because in the past when you had the wind coming down the mountain it would actually uh, beat the sand that was getting pushed on from the seaside and keep it clear but now with the development you don't have the same wind intensity all the housing developments form almost like windbreaks. Mm. So now the be- the sand coming from the wind on the beach side is winning the battle. Mm. And it's broken down the walls and oh. it's just taken over. It makes complete sense. And then the uh, Metrorail spokesperson, uh, Raymond Maseko, said one cannot beat Mother Nature. <laughs> but they're trying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the little extra there, but they're trying. <laughs> so hopefully that's going to be up and running again. It does have an impact on the economy and the tourism and people getting to work and people we sometimes just like to t- take a, a you know ride on the train often with friends oh, or family that, that are visiting and you get off at the station you take a nice walk to yeah. the center their little uh, cbd and it's it works stunning. so so nicely i think tomorrow we're going to be my wife and i will go down there we we've been to cork bay friday's my day off because i oh, work on lovely. the weekends and take a drive down there and park have some breakfast and then walk walk in the camper van oh, and then walk down and visit the little shops and look at the knickknacks and see if there's anything that is uh, tickles fancy. It sounds fantastic. And you're going to visit the toy museum. Uh, uh, the toy museum, <laughs> the warrior toy museum. Yes, I, Got uh, to go. a, a little cannon in there was mine. What? I sold in the early 90s and uh, I got... The princely sum of 250 rand for it, which even by today's standards That's for really a toy, it was great. pretty good. Yeah. And that purchased my first circular saw for my workshop. You're kidding. And out of that, I did my educational toys over oh. years that kept us going for many years. So That's remarkable. I go back and I look at that cannon and mm. other little toys that were sim- was the same as the ones yeah. got on birthday presents. You oh. know, there's a little Holmes Wrecker, which was a breakdown. I used to look in the foreign, the British periodicals at Kids magazines used to come out. They used to have these beautiful toys oh. and wait until it came to South Africa and get it for my birthday. Oh, so marvelous. it has real, real nostalgia going there. Stunning. Okay, so th- that is the sand. Uh, let's take a, a, a quick chat around. There's no article about the mm. unrest that's been taking place, Prince George's Drive, Marina, Freyhorn, Capricorn. What is happening? You're a resident in that area. What's yeah. the latest? It's been relatively quiet lately, actually. Um, there was one incident the other night where there were no uh, protesting, no f- no tires being burned, no fires to alert people, and cars were still being stoned. But that was one single incident, and in the last few days has been rather quiet. I think, actually, most of the action has moved to Parkwood. And then beyond. So, um, 
I'm hoping that it will stay calm, but um, I, I'm, it's possible that it's just uh, doing a cyclical Right. Thing. And, of course, we hope that uh, solutions yes. are, are forthcoming. I think the city is uh, really taking this to heart now. They can't have yeah. seven different locations burning just because there aren't sufficient uh, – well, there isn't sufficient housing. So they, they need to really get to the, the, sure. the core and the root of that. So, I mean, I mean that – on the last podcast, when we spoke about uh, Marty, was it? Yes, Marty Wedderpole. Uh, she was actually on CCFM on the Monday morning, oh, really? oh, giving, giving some advice. And you know, it's so important that we consider these things yeah. and and say, well, there's no unrest now. Let's not forget about it. Absolutely, can't be. Um, you just can't let that slide. You have to be aware and you have to be prepared. Yeah, that bit of pro- proactivity. Mm. Okay. Uh, and then the whole <laughs> a few weeks ago, I did an interview. It's going to be on the podcast coming up. Is with uh, Celia Musikant and Colleen van Staden. Great <laughs> ladies. They are legends <laughs> in the acting world in Musenberg, and we talked about Musenberg going back thirty, forty, fifty years. <laughs> and during the podcast, they said we talked about actor for a day. Now I've I've, I've watched one of their performances and I've done some video, and they said. You need to come on Actor for a Day. Oh. And I said, fat chance, ladies. <laughs> but they got me. <laughs> I, I last acted in 1977 in my matric year. Arsenic and Old Lace, the Reverend Dr. Harper. And I went and actually saw that a year or so back. Oh. And uh, now I'm going to the mosque more, more frequently. But I thought, uh, I can help with the podcast and some video. But I'm certainly not going on stage. <laughs> But you weren't as clever as me. I, I was, no. I actually, when they first mentioned it to me, I thought, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> Forgetting that I'm actually going to be part of it. <laughs> well, so now they've snaffled me. <laughs> I've said yes. As a journalist, you're a woman of many words. <laughs> so you've got ac- absolutely no excuse. <laughs> no. Listen, spoken word is not my favorite. It's not my forte. <laughs> I chose written word for a reason. <laughs> but they're going to teach us voice exercises and uh, take us through a show. And then we'll have a little audience and we'll actually perform it. <gasps> I will be a part of that audience. Uh, no. <laughs> this is going to be hilarious. <laughs> because the reason we're talking about it, this is a little preview. Uh, and it's going to be an article in an yes. upcoming edition of mm. the False Bay Echo. Correct. So we're going to have the full story in there, <laughs> but that week we're actually going to have some insight. We're going to chat about uh, it on the podcast. No, I think you should be part of it, Wayne. I don't think you should be allowed to just get away with that. <laughs> well, look at the positive. Uh-uh. There's a positive. Yeah. You become part of the rich. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everything you're saying to me, I'm going to turn back to you. <laughs> you too could be part of the rich. <laughs> the rich theatrical history Ah, theatrics, that's a great Of Musenberg. <laughs> Who knows, in 10 years' time, you could have a little plaque up there on the, on the wall saying... Uh, uh, unlikely. Oh, gonna, no, 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 I've got it wrong. Uh, as, the successes. I, I need to say it in memory of... <laughs> the actress <laughs> swallowed an apple on stage. <laughs> okay, I think uh, we, we're losing... Uh, we, you know what it is? It's what? the spirit of theatre. <laughs> it's already crept in. You know, with Colleen and uh, Celia, uh, it was crazy. I know. They were Absolutely wonderful. Absolutely crazy. The, the laughter and the joking and carrying on. So let's bring it uh, back to some calmness now. And uh, before we end, was there something else we want to do quickly? Have a, have a look at in the False Bay Echo. Uh, 
let's have a quick look here. So we looked at the evictions, the logjam, uh, Prince George and the actor for a day. Well, that, that seems to be all we have <laughs> for this particular podcast. I think, Corin, for me, uh, just chatting around these stories and having an interesting uh, chat about Musenberg and the surrounds, it just gives us so much more insights into what's happening and, as we said at the beginning of the program, the mm. stories behind the stories. I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I mean, for me as well, um, I used to come down from Johannesburg and... Um, You're Joburg girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Derbs. <laughs> but we've seen the light. We have seen the light. We have chosen well. <laughs> so Musenberg was our holiday destination and I'm so happy to be living here. We called it Jusenberg. Ah, it was then. Yeah. <laughs> Celia mentioned about that because Celia is Jewish and the, right. whole, the whole thing of, of, the, of, the, of the whole holiday... Right. Uh, before we do go, mm. let's have a just quicker chat around podcasts. I'm going to, before the uh, we actually did the recording, let me let you into something. This is actually the second recording. <laughs> <laughs> when I pressed stop, <laughs> we had this beautiful recording. It disappeared. I was mortified. <laughs> totally. I've never seen that look on your face. <laughs> yeah. But um, b- before the show, um, I was listening to a really great podcast called the moth podcast which it's not about moths and it's not about uh men of the tin hat order <laughs> yeah it's nothing like that uh and it has disappeared oh the moth yeah i mean it's a podcast where people tell stories and that's i think one of the things we're trying to do with with this podcast tell the stories of the people of musenberg and surrounds any interesting stories and i think with the uh, collaboration with the false bay echo you're just basically doing my research. <laughs> we've had some really great stories. But some of the podcasts that, that really have got me uh, interested, uh, the one is uh, How I Built This. It's an NPR, National, Pub- National Public Radio in the States, where they take Google, uh, Instagram, and even some obscure companies, how they started. That's great. And uh, how they never, <laughs> nearly never got wow. going as well. So just, what podcast do you listen to? I, I, I love the Bioneers. Um, yeah, you, I listened to one that you yeah. recommended. Yes, it's great. Eh? Bioneers, Heart of the Revolution. It's all about nature and biomimicry and how people are working to create sustainable solutions for things. It's wonderful. What is the one you gave me to listen to, that, that doctor? Um, um, was about was about success or celebrating? Be uh, how to become a blessing. How to oh, be yes. a blessing. How to be a blessing. Oh, that was an amazing one. I really mm. enjoyed that one. Okay, so some of the ones I listen to the How Stuff Works uh, stable of podcasts. Podcasts like Part Time Genius. Uh, there's another one. Stuff they don't want you to know. Stuff <laughs> to blow your mind. Stuff you missed in history class. Tech stuff. Uh, then there is another really interesting one. The stuff of life. Mm. There's another one about the brain, uh, part-time genius, and a nice one that, oh, nice, I hate using that <laughs> word. A great podcast is the BBC Radio for Open Country. Mm. Really, really interesting. So these are some of the podcasts I listen to. Uh, next week. I'll bring a list. Karen <laughs> uh, will bring, bring a list. And if you do have any stories, that any really great story that is something to do with Musenberg or the surrounds or a Musenberg connection, we're going to have Prof. Tim Noakes on sometime. Uh, I've interviewed him many times with radio, or many times, consistently for nearly 20 years. Mm. And he has a connection with Musenberg. So if you've just got a connection, we can talk about the passion Mm. of being a part of the Musenberg scene. That will be really, really great. So 
That brings us to the end of another fun po- podcast. Yeah. I'm going to go home and relax now <laughs> and sit stress. and edit because this needs to be out for tomorrow. Wonderful. So, Corinne, again, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. Really uh, lovely. I hope you bring your partner in crime next week. I will. No please, wiggling please, out of it. No. Please em- emphasize that mm. we'll probably find that it'll be your stories that'll be in next week. <laughs> Yeah, she had like the run this week. <laughs> a, a, a couple of months back, I think I mentioned you. I said, "Is this the uh, Corin Kotzer uh, uh, yeah, Chronicle newspaper?" <laughs> oh, yeah, the Kotzer Chronicle because I think was uh, uh, Yolandi was on leave or she wasn't around, and all the stories had Corin Kotzer. Yeah, and some of them were put their staff reporters. <laughs> well, they couldn't have your name all the way through. But uh, that's journalism in a small community newspaper. <laughs> I'm in community go. radio, so we understand the challenges around getting stories out into the media. Well, that's enough. (laughs) Too much hot air is not a good thing. (laughs) From me then, uh, Wayne Turner, I'll be chatting with you again in a few days' time. And Corin Kotzer? Thank you very much. (laughs) It's been our pleasure. That's it for this show. Tune in next time for another exciting edition of the Hello Musenberg podcast. (laughs) 